thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing quick launch your business. My guest is Bernadette Panier. She's the CEO of Insta for Profit, the founder of Millionaire Mavens. She's a sales trainer and wife to a Viking. Bernadette, welcome to Money Heart. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, you're very welcome. I'm excited to have you too. You kind of specialize in helping people launch their business quickly. Tell us a little bit what it is that you do. So what I decided to do was, you know, coming from a background of like 20 years in the industry and enterprise sales and marketing, I really wanted to be able to give those tools and that education to micro business owners and entrepreneurs. So what I did was I created a program where I could come in and teach business owners, micro business owners specifically, how to generate revenue quickly. And when I say quickly, that means like under 45 days. So that's really what I specialize in is teaching you how to find that income as fast as possible. Cause we all know we need money to survive. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just be waiting for three years for some, for your business to finally make some money, or you're going to have to start working someplace else to keep funding your business. So that's no good. You launched your business really quickly. Tell us how that happened. How, cause we know this works because you've done it and your clients do it. How did you end up having to do this? For me, it definitely came from a very personal moment in my life. My, um, you know, we, we want to flash back a little bit. Um, January 29th, 2020, my husband came home from work early and he didn't look right and he didn't sound right. So we immediately took him to the doctor's office and the doctor told us to go straight to the ER. And after some testing, it turned out that he had um, brain cancer. So he had a very specialized piece of brain cancer. It was stage four metastasis melanoma of the brain. And he had to have surgery within like 48 hours. And it was a very quick situation for us. We really didn't have a lot of time mm -hmm. to do anything other than get it out, right? That was right. just our thing. Be aggressive. Yes, let's take both of those tumors out of his brain and let's be very aggressive and move forward. And on the 29th, what I remember very vividly is while I was sitting in the room with him after he had been admitted, a girlfriend of mine said, I want to go home and get you a bag to pack to stay here. What do you yeah. need me to bring you back here from home? Right. And the, the first thing I told her I needed was my work laptop. Oh, not God. a toothbrush, not a pair of socks, <laughs> not no deodorant, a no clean my hair, work nothing laptop. like that. I said, I need you to grab my laptop bag 
and my work laptop and my charger because I was working in a in corporate world still. Sure. And I knew I, I was, it's the end of the month and I'm in sales. I had deadlines, I had quotas yes. and I, I had to work. So while the five days of him being in that hospital were overwhelming to both of us, Right. You know, I wasn't getting sleep. I was like kind of sleeping in a recliner. Yeah. And oh yeah, those are lovely, aren't they? The little recliner with no cushion, really. It's just one built-in thing that you like lean back and go. Oh. Yeah, they're pleathery, so they're not really cozy. Yeah. They're like no, kind of, you know. Yeah, they're yeah, they're not warm. They're not comfortable. No. And um, I was working from my laptop, and the entire time I was being fielded emails and phone calls and text messages from my clients and my, my upper sea levels, like, well, what's going on with this deal? And what's going on with this deal? And what's going on with this deal? Not like, Hey, we know you're in crisis mode. Do you need to pause wow. so while no you're doing this? Ask you no, like they just expected you to keep going. No one yep. said, Oh my gosh, your husband has brain cancer. He's in surgery. We'll talk next week. Like, nope. Wow. Nope. They wanted me to hit my numbers. I had a quota to hit and I needed to hit it. And I was on, I was sleep deprived. You know, I mean, I was grieving a moment that I wasn't even prepared for yet. You know, I mean, brain, any surgery is dangerous, but the fact that it was brain cancer and it was in parts of his brain that, you know, he could wake up, he could not wake up. He could wake up and not have memory. I could not exist in his life when he woke up. How long had so, you been before this happened? Uh, not even four years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very early on in our marriage. And I, there was just no understanding what I was doing. It was chaos yes. that I was splitting my focus between my husband who desperately needed my support in that moment and my J-O-B. Wow. And the two weeks that followed that during his recoup, because he needed to learn how to walk and talk again, post-surgery, mm-hmm. I was not getting the support that I thought I should be getting from my, I don't want to call it, from the leadership amongst my corporate industry. Let's, let's be nice yeah. about it. Let's, let's yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From the people and, in the positions of power, no help for you. And that, that is something that I think not everyone realizes when you have brain surgery, it really messes with you. And you do have to learn things like, how do I hold a fork? And how do I walk? And all of that stuff, sometimes you have to redo it because those tumors are pressing on your brain. And then when they're removed, it just, it changes how things fit in there. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it took time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were mid-March or no, I'm sorry, mid-February. And I just okay. looked and that, so we're mid-February and I just looked at my husband and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I can go out and I can teach sales teams. I can teach sales to entrepreneurs. I can make money doing this on my own. I've been playing in this world of side hustles for a year at this point. Yeah. I don't want to have a side hustle anymore. I want to work this career and I want to own my own company and I work for myself so that I can take care of you. Mm-hmm. And he, he was all for it. He was like, I, whatever, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And, you know, we don't know if we're going to get three more months or three more years. So go do what you need to do. Right. So by the end of March, I had left that position, mm-hmm. got a business license, mm-hmm. created a website, found three clients 
to teach, launched my Facebook group, didn't pay for any advertising, created a brand new Instagram handle. And then by the, I want to say by the end of June, I had tripled my salary. Tripled what you were making in your clearly more than 40 hours a week, super stressful corporate job. Correct. Wow. Wow. And that's let's and, see, March, April, May, end of June, four months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And now, well, not every client that I teach this has that same accelerated path. Mm-hmm. All of them are able to find baseline income in the five figures in the first 30 days. Nice. And that's the big win from it all. And that's what I taught myself. To, and I don't like to call it pivoting. I like to call it swiveling. So I was yeah. swiveling around trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to, I knew I didn't have enough money to like pay for Facebook ads and pay for advertising on Instagram and, you know, sponsor things. I didn't have any of that time. I knew that I could speak at events for free. Yeah. I could network my hiney off. Right. Um, I actually am very thankful for the pandemic because I went from being like this local little sales girl in the Southeast mm-hmm. to having global clients in 30 days. Right. Because everyone so jumped thank online. goodness. Everybody was online with me. So it was just perfect. Like I was like, this is, I'm probably one of the few people that was like, thanks pandemic because I, everybody got on video and I was right. able to speak all over the country, all over the world. I was able to gain clients all over the place. And two, I was lucky in the fact that because we had to pause and everybody had to get online, a lot of my clients early on were just baseline clients that were like, I just need the basics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what Instagram is. Can you please explain to me what that is? Right. Sure. Right. So I love the fact that I have different levels of clients and their education, which is something that I teach in my course as well, which is, you know, you want different levels of income coming in from different places. Right. So you want nice long contracts, six months, 12 months contracts are great baseline incomes to have. Yeah. Then you can have your multi-leveled groups. So you can have groups that you're teaching on a really low end, you can have your super high end groups, and then you can up level it to like VIP one-on-one kind of situation where they're really paying to sit down with you. Right. Right. And get your time. Mm-hmm. And so I just figured out how to do it for myself and just said, okay, well, if I need to make, and I like to do easy math, right? So like, if I need to make a hundred thousand dollars in 12 months, yep. that's $10,000 a month. Right. If I'm charging $5,000 a client, that means I need two clients a month. Okay, great. I'm going to go out and do that. Yeah. 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 I love that. And that, that's a great way to look at it, you know, is to go backwards in what you're trying to figure out. Okay. Here's what I want to hit. What do I need to do to do that each month or each week or whatever? And then, okay, that means this. All right, great. That's my goal. So super simple. That's my, that's my minimum standard of performance. Here's what I'm going to do. How do I make that happen? Talk to this many people, do this many speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can just totally work it back from there. So that is, and awesome. you can also figure that out. Then if I only need two clients a month, how many phone calls does that mean I have to make every month to get two clients? Right. So the best salespeople and marketers in the entire world only close 10%. Oh, so yeah. 
you know, I mean, and when I say that out loud, when I'm speaking, I'm like, just so that everybody's aware, salespeople don't make a close every day. Right. That's not how it happens. Right. Um, we can go weeks without a closed deal. Mm-hmm. And at the top echelon of sales, they're only closing 10%. So I've heard it kind of compared to sports. You know, if you're, if you are an athlete, you're not going to play a game every day. You're not going to have the championships every day. You're going to practice every day. So you're always going to do the work. And then when it's game day, which is when you do have the client in front of you and you do close it, you know, then sometimes you win, you, you close, but it's not all the time. You know, maybe you do 20 or 30 of those a year type of thing, maybe less, but they all add up to be, to making it worth it. It's so true. It really is true. And I, and I do definitely, I'm, for me, I come from a place of solution sales. So I don't, while I think there are plenty of salespeople out there that are more like challenger driven, where they're like, you need to buy my stuff. Ooh, new. That's painful. I know, but does anyone like that? Cause I definitely don't like that. <laughs> there are plenty of people that do. Um, and there are plenty of salespeople out there that are like that. They're very like shark mentality, you know, that kind of thing. I was able to figure out over a long expansion career that I don't sell belt. I don't sell at my best that way. Right. I'm a better listener. Yeah. And I'm a better solutions person. Like, Hey, tell me about your day. What really stinks about it? If you could fix one thing in your day, if you could, and that's my favorite opening client question Mm -hmm. is if you could have one thing fixed for you every day, what would that one thing be? Yeah. I love that way of looking at it. Is it time? And it really breaks down to a couple of things. It's either time, it's money, mm-hmm. or um, or time. Um, like, <laughs> uh, you know, or it's you know, a lot of my female clients, it's, it's balance. I need right. I need balance in my life. Okay, well, let's talk about your life now and what isn't balanced. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. And then I just let them talk to me. Yes. Yes. You'll get so much more out of your clients early on when you're trying to close them if you just let them talk. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I mean, they that. will talk themselves into the deal. You don't even have to. I, mean, I feel like that all the time. There's so many times that somebody comes in and I'm like, I just need to not mess this up. They're already in. They've, they've already jumped in the boat. The fish are already in the boat. Just don't mess mm-hmm. it up. Don't mess it up. Just listen, help serve them all good. Yeah. It, it really is true. And, and, you know, I, I've enjoyed this last, you know, I mean, I guess it's been like 14 months now for me where I've been able to say, or maybe 16 months, I don't know, days don't matter anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> that I've been able to really listen and tune into what's happening in the past as we grow through this process, you know, and in the early on, it was, let me teach you how to be confident on camera so that you are fine talking to your potential clients and your clients on camera, because it is different than being in person. Right. And now it's more about that relationship of negotiation and how many of, how many of my female clients, specifically female clients, that come to me and immediately like, I can't do a sales call and I'm not a good negotiator. And I'm like, well, let's discuss your 
day-to-day relationships. And I'm going to explain to you how both of those things are untrue. Yes. Yes. Because as women, specifically women, we negotiate everything in our lives every single day. From the moment we wake up into the moment we go to bed, if we're not negotiating with ourselves, we're negotiating with our spouses, we're negotiating with our children, we're negotiating with our dogs and our cats, our bunnies. I mean, name an animal you don't negotiate with every morning because you have to get to a meeting and they won't go outside and go to the bathroom. Right. Like you're like, listen, if you just go pee for me right now, I will give you all the treats. So true. All the treats. So true. <laughs> yes. Just, just do this one thing so that I can get out of here. <laughs> if you I mean, and that's, put shoes on. That's negotiation. Yeah. Yep. It's, it is a negotiation. I think, I, I love that you bring it up that way because mm, our self-talk on what we think we can and can't do is what I'm hearing is a big part of the struggle. It's like, we just, well, I can't do this and I can't do this. And I'm not any good at that. And you're like, okay, um, you might be better than you think you are. Let's look at your life and see where you're already using those skills. How can we translate them to your business? So I love that confidence that you're building for people. And I really enjoy it. And it really is that it's, and, and I have, listen, I have clients that genuinely dislike the sales process and it's not what they want to do they want to teach or they want to develop or they want to do the thing they do best right and they don't want to have anything to do with the sales piece so my job then becomes finding the perfect sales person to sell for them right yes so I mean, and I, and I have clients that are like that, that are like, no, Bernie, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm never getting on the phone with, a, I'm never doing that. I, I, I'm never doing it. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to hire somebody then. Cause otherwise yep. you're not going to be make money. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to promote somehow. And at some point, somebody has got to talk to the client and make the sale. Even if they're doing it in the kindest, most helpful way possible, someone's still got to be responsible for that. You know, you don't have to be pushy, but you definitely have to have a process and know what you're doing. Um, and you're right. If you, if there's something in your business, you absolutely don't want to do, you find the right person that wants to do that. Yeah. You delegate it out to the best of the ability. I mean, I do try to explain to my clients, like no one's going to sell you better than you, but if you really have this disdain for it and forcing you, forcing you is not going to do anything for, for you, for me, that, you know, you're not going to be successful if I'm forcing you to do a thing. So let's find a solution to fix it because websites are billboards on the side of highways. Unless you're an e-commerce site, very few people go to a website to make a purchase. Right. So your presence online is super important. It's not just the website. It's not just social media. It's not just networking. It's not just speaking. It's all of those things intertwined in a really beautiful way. It's quilting your persona together to present it to someone. So you need the website because that does show value. And the fact that you do exist as a person, as a business, Uh, you need social media to prove that you're a person and not a bot. (laughs) Yes. And then you need in-person and online networking to promote yourself and your business to move forward because the best money you will ever make is out of referrals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So some things are super uncomfortable and we have to do them because we have to do them. I mean, 
I make this joke in my group, like, honestly, most women don't like mammograms, but we go because we know we have to. So, you know, you network and you sell because you know you have to. Part of the job. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've got to do. um, I've heard the statistic that referrals or somebody you're introduced to buys, like spends twice as much money with you and they do it twice as fast. So yeah, the networking is huge, huge. Networking is huge. And 20% of your base revenue should be your client. Like once they're a client, you should always be selling to your client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always shocked. And this is from my corporate world background, you know, and, and I've sold products that most everyone right now listening or seeing this video has touched, driven in, purchased, sat in. Like I've, I've worked for some very large companies. Mm-hmm. So even then the basics of the fact that once they're a client, we don't continue selling to them. It's always so funny to me because I'm like, well, if I've purchased once, I'm going to purchase again right. and again right. and again. So keep selling your, your client list and then always create a referral program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, thank you so much for signing up for me. Now you've been here for six months. How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, if you refer somebody to me, I'll give you this discount or I'll sign you up for this program for free that I have going. Um, or if you're, if you sell widgets and things like send them swag, right? People yeah. love, people love anything in the mail. That's not a bill. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's true. Send them anything. It's true. Anything to, because what they really love there is the acknowledgement. It's just that mm-hmm. acknowledgement, the little thank you, the little I'm thinking of you. It really does make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I think about this time that, um, so it was 20, I guess 17 or 18, I think it was. Yeah. And it, we were coming into the new year and we had a list of 100 companies that we wanted to get into mm-hmm. that for whatever reason, they weren't opening emails and they weren't picking up phone calls. I mean, it happens. Yes. Uh, especially in the enterprise world where you're selling $750,000 annual agreements. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've got this really corny idea, but I think it might work. I want to buy a bunch of succulents and I want to box them up and I want to send them to everybody the first week of the year and I'll do it. I'll do all the labor myself. Yep. And my boss thought I was insane, but he was like, well, you have a networking budget. So take it out of that, I guess. And I said, okay, great. And I bought like 150 or 200 succulents from this garden site that I found. Mm-hmm. Had them shipped to the house, box them in Chinese to-go boxes because I couldn't think of anything else to fit them in. Yep. Hand labeled them, took them to the post office, hand sta- stamped them. Every single box had a handwritten note in there about how I wanted to grow in the new year with them. <laughs> Super corny. Um, but I landed a deal out of that. One deal at $1.2 million in that year. So the like $350 I spent Right. To reach out to these clients. And granted, I spent like three days on the floor, like boxing sure, them all boxing up and, and labeling. Yes. But 1.2 million. Yeah. I, I got a CMO to call me. She picked up the phone and called me and said, I can't believe that I, my first day back from vacation, I had a plant from my office from you and I just needed to say thank you. And I had a great conversation with her. I told her what, why she got it from me. She booked a demo 
and she signed within like 14 or 15 days of that. And that, that made my year. Yeah. Now, granted, now my boss totally thought that was the best idea ever. And he wanted to do that every year moving forward. And I was like, yeah, of course you thought it's a great idea now. Now, now that it worked, it's a great idea. <laughs> and yeah. probably his idea. So of course, <laughs> well, you're not there anymore. So obviously it's a good idea. And I really like what you, what you brought up about following your instinct of, Hey, I have this idea. I think it's a good one. I'm going to try it. So often it's simple for us. I have this idea. Eh, it's probably stupid. You know, or when your boss is like, that is crazy. You do what you want. It's easy to go back and go, yeah, okay. I'm probably way too far outside the lines on this one. Never mind. Um, so I love that you, that you followed your gut on that. I mean, if you don't try, you'll never know. Right. Right. Do you have any other tips for those who want to start their business quickly? Some, it may be a pitfall or something to watch out for, or, or something like that, that you think is a really good info. We should know if we're thinking I'm, I'm quitting tomorrow. I'm starting my business. What do we need to know? find a good coach, find a good trainer, find somebody that's doing it already. Um, there are tons, I shouldn't say tons. There are a lot of good, good coaches out there right. um, that have programs and sales programs and teaching programs and entrepreneurial programs and online classes to teach you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my clients early on, like, don't get stuck in the, I have to build it phase. You know, I want to know I, as as a consumer, I want to know what you're going to solve that keeps me up in the middle of the night. Yep. That is all I need to know. Yes. Do you need a website? Sure. Can you network without one? hundred percent. Cause you know what most people say? Oh, it's under construction right now. That's right. That's right. I'm building out a new one, you know, I mean like whatever, um, but like out soon. Yep. Yeah. You don't need a PowerPoint. You don't need business cards. You don't need anything you have the thing you need to sell which is your first and last name it is the best brand you can sell Mm -hmm. you are born with it write it out until the end I just need to know what you're going to solve for me I need to know I I stay up in the middle of the night as a business owner and I I ram I run through the list of things that I need to fix Mm -hmm. so when I'm in a room if somebody says something I'm like that'll fix the thing that's on my list I need to go find that person. Yep. That's all I need. That's it. Yes. It's so true. So, d- so true. I always tell them, just don't get stuck in the, I have to plan. I have to do this. I have to have a book and a website and a PowerPoint and business cards. And, um, well, don't I need to have all of my modules already done and my widget already built? No, no, nope. you don't need any of that. Yes. You really don't. And- do it. And I've watched friends spend six, eight, nine, ten months building out these huge online programs on these platforms that are lovely. But then you're not, what are you doing for those 10 months? You're spending money and you're not making anything. Right. Right. I had probably the sketchiest looking website known to man because I built it myself. Okay. A, a Facebook page that had 168 or 169 people on it. They were all just friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an IG account. Yep. And I did all of that in 24 hours and created a company. 
yes. and paid myself a six figure wage last year in 2020. So yep. it can happen. You just don't get stuck in the details, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah it, all of that stuff is great at a certain point, but do that when you're making money already and you have clients that are in there and you can pause and then hire people to like build the website out and build your click funnel and right do all that stuff for you but in the beginning it, it's going to be you so do it do it as fast as you possibly can because otherwise how are you going to make money exactly exactly yeah I love that not getting stuck on needing all of this because I I call it a plan to plan you're making a plan of what the plan is going to be so someday you can do the plan but I don't have the plan figured out so I'm just going to keep planning the plan and then never really do the thing and you're so right. You don't really need a lot of, a lot of the things we think we need. You don't have to have it. Also making your elevator pitch super easy. Oh yeah. You know, 15 to 30 seconds. I should know what problem you're going to solve. Right. Don't give me the emotion words. Don't give me the big spiel. I don't need to know the whole story, how you got there. Well, yes, I love to tell my story when I'm speaking because, you know, and I, and I can drag it out to 45 minutes or I can slap right. it in a five minute section. Right, right. But at the end of the day, when I stand up in front of a room or I'm networking online, if you feel like you're stale in a room and you're not standing out, if you feel like you are not confident on camera and you're not closing deals, and if you don't have money in your bank on a regular basis, you need to see me. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's what I teach. I teach you how to make money, make it quickly and feel confident doing it. That's perfect. What yeah. So, and in a room that stands out. It does. It really does. Also show up. Like I know none of us want to wash our hair and put mascara on or a lip gloss or the guys don't want to take baseball caps off, but please do all of those things. Like, just show up. Yeah. Uh, you know, wear something you feel confident in. If you don't wear makeup, it's totally fine. I mean, there are plenty of women who look gorgeous without makeup. I wish I had that kind of flawless skin. It is not, it's not my, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little to no makeup person. Most days, the, the most I put on makeup is to do the podcast recordings because it goes with my costumes. But other than and that, you look fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. But I, I always make sure my hair is done. Um, I, I love earrings. So I'll typically be wearing at least one pair of earrings, if not two. Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'll put a necklace on or something like that. So exactly what you're saying, you still got to show up in whatever it is that suits you best. Do that. I mean, be on brand, right? If you wear, if purple is your color, then wear purple. If, I mean, I wear a lot of animal print. I tease and say animal print is my signature color. So like even my caftan today is an animal print. Like it's, yes. it's my signature color. So wear what you feel confident in, wear what you feel beautiful in, wear what makes you feel like you're going to work a room. Stay on brand within those moments, but show up. Right, right. You know, turn your camera on if you're on a networking event. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. No one will remember you if they just saw your picture and that was it. They or if you're it. just a black box. Ooh, that's even worse. Yeah. yeah. Some people are just a name in a black box. Right. Um, you know, it's not networking. No, I mean, and, and listen, I, I've done it myself where you're multitasking and you're trying to do a bunch of things at once because the day is running at the end and mm -hmm. things get crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I went back and reread, and I should have grabbed it so I could show you. I went back and reread this book called The One Thing Rule. Oh, The One Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I give, I've been saying it as like my little mantra for two weeks now with my clients and with like my, like my networking and stuff. You know, if you're multitasking, that means that you're doing more than two things at once badly. Right. Because you can't manage your home, manage an, an event, email a client, and text a spouse at the same time. You're screwing up three of those things. All of not the all things four. are going poorly. Correct. You know, yeah, I mean, and while I get that, like, I can't control when the dog rolls in or the husband rolls in or the kid rolls in or, you know, I mean, like, children really don't grasp the concept of, they like, They are so time. not on <laughs> They do their own so thing. They don't care. Like, they're like, no, I need you now. So, yep. um, and I understand that and I'm, I'm empathetic about that, but at the same time, like the boundaries need to be set in advance. Right. Hi, I'm going to take the next 65 minutes for myself. And I don't even care if your bone is sticking out of your arm, go find your father. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. When my husband and I were, were new into being entrepreneurs and our kids were very little, um, we still paid to put them in daycare, just like we would have if we were working outside the home because we really quickly realized that there was no way we could be functional entrepreneurs and have children at home at the same time. It just wasn't going to happen. Now that they're no, older, they can be home, but not back then, not back then. So. No, and, and, I, and again, I understand that we went through this really trying year where that was a different, different conversation. World. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there were a lot of things just not available that used to be very convenient. Right. Um, right. So that I, I'm, well aware of and try to be as patient as possible in those moments because there are some uncontrollables in our world but at the end of the day you know you know what you put on your calendar use a calendar app book your time color code it stay on task I mean I block out email time I block out call time I block out text time yep and that's when I do those things you know, I blocked out the time that you and I were going to have today and nothing else is happening right now. I've turned off all of my notifications. Yeah. I've shut everything down on my computer so that I don't have distractions. Right. I've shut the office door and I've put a note on it. Yep. I've done exactly every single one of those things. I have a little post-it that lives on the back of my door and it says recording. And when I'm going to record, I take it off and I put it on the front of the door. And that way, as my family comes up to the door to ask things, as they always do during the day, they're like, oh, recording. Okay, never mind. And they know, just figure it out. Come back later. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love yeah, these I, tips. These are awesome. These are awesome. Um, you are writing a book or a part of a book. You're, you're having a chapter in a book. Tell us about that. Tell us about the book. I'm very excited. Yeah. So I was able to... Um sign a multi-book a multi-book deal and um so the first one that I'm doing is called Manifesting Queens and it's a collaborative book with 19 other entrepreneurial women who discuss what we manifested over the last 12 months for ourselves and the stories range from health to wealth to fitness um I'm very happy that I get to actually speak about manifesting my husband's health 
through this process. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the, in the early stages of his diagnosis, we were told we were going to get a matter of months and not like six. It was like three. Oh my gosh. And that and, was right as COVID was happening. Cause you said he got diagnosed end of January. So going into March, he's probably doing all kinds of treatments and everybody's being told don't be around people. Yeah. Um, ironically. So the, um, the chapter that I'm writing inside manifesting Queens, which will come out in the fall, um, which I'm really excited about my chapter focuses on those first 12 months with him and I. So it's about the fact that as we were going through this process and chemo wasn't responding and radiation wasn't working and immunotherapy almost killed him. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just started looking at him every single day in the midst of me trying to like build, build my own company, right? Right. Build my own company in the middle of a pandemic with a husband diagnosed with cancer. I would wake up every day and look at him and be like, you cannot die today. Today is not the day you get to die. Right. I don't have time for it. It's not in my schedule. It's not on the calendar. See, look at the calendar. Does, does it say anywhere in here, husband gets to die? No, it doesn't. No. So you don't get to die today. So, yeah. and I just kept telling him that over and over and over again. And as we were going through this process, um, almost an exact year ago, we were planning his funeral. Oh my goodness. Just in case. And I just kept looking at him like, you can't die. Like you, you love me and I love you and no other man in this entire world is going to love me the way you love me. Like, that's just, it's your love for me will never be repeated. So you can't die. Not allowed, not scheduling that in unacceptable. You can't completely unacceptable. And we were going through the process and preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. And then one scan at towards um, in the fall last year, the oncologist came in and was like, I don't know what you've changed or what you're doing, but the cancer's receding. Amazing. And I just looked at, I looked at my husband and I was like, so you really don't get to die now. And then we just, I just kept doing that. And it, and we have made it a little bit of a joke in our house now. Like, what do we say to the God of death? Not today. Um, for any of you who listen to Game of Thrones, um, you know, but like, I've just have told him over and over and over again, you just don't get to die. And now we're here 16 months into his diagnosis, um, almost 17 and no one in his, with his specific type of cancer has lasted this long. Oh, wow. So we're in uncharted territory, which is always kind of a little uneasy. Sure. But at the same time, he could be the first one to live. And that's really part of the story that I'm writing is someone always has to be the first person, right? Somebody has to be the first person to survive any type of cancer because there's so many different versions of the, the cancer right. out there. But somebody had to be the first person in space before we could be the first person to orbit the earth, before we were the first person to get on the moon, before, mm -hmm. you know, the first person, like the, the Wright brothers put Branson in space yesterday. Wasn't that when he was, I don't know when he was, like this week sometime he was in yeah. space at some point, yeah. right? So like 
Elon Musk wouldn't be famous if the Wright brothers didn't figure out how to get off the ground, right? Like somebody had to be the first one to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I keep telling him. Like somebody has to be the first one to survive this because then you can help other people survive. Right, right. And then that's what, that's your legacy. Your legacy is that. Yes. And I'm really excited to share that story. And then I have a, because of that, I'm going to, I'm actually in the midst of writing a full length book just about our journey of cancer through the co- uh, through the pandemic, right? Like it was, wow. it was strange. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, we didn't get the support groups. We didn't get the handhelding. We didn't get the cooked meals from our mothers. We didn't get, you know, we didn't get any of those things. Um, our birthdays were celebrated in isolation last year. So like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You're avoiding everybody. So you're not accepting food. You, nobody can like hug you. You can't go to a group. You, it, was it even hard for you to be in the hospital with him? Yeah, there were several things I couldn't be in the hospital with him for. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the, the chapters that I wrote that I'm actually in the midst of writing right now, which is the hardest one to write for me. So it's taking me the longest. Sure. Um, is titled how long is too long without a hug and I write this story and I'm going to get through it this time without crying I write that I'm part of the story that I'm writing is he was he was not responsive and he we were the nurses and the doctors were like trying to revive him mm-hmm. and I thought he was dying in front of me in this moment of chaos and I'm I'm, li- I'm literally sitting on the floor of the hallway in the hospital and the nurse is on the other side of the hallway and she can't hug me to get yeah. me through the process. She can't touch me. And by that point it had, and it didn't dawn on me until later when I was writing through my journal mm-hmm. that I had not had a hug from, from anyone other than my husband in six months Yeah, at that point, right? that I had gone six months without a girlfriend or a mom or a sister hugging me um, because we we weren't allowed to be touched so in the middle of a crisis moment where the one thing you want is human touch you want somebody to hold your hand or give you a hug yes I was alone and isolated on this cold floor trying to wrap my head around the fact that this could be it and I'm alone Mm -hmm. and when I came home my, our neighbors were rallying and trying to help us. And I was like, I, there was a moment where one of them tried to come in to hug me and I like screeched back and I like screamed at her and I was like, don't touch me. And she was like, oh, I just, you just look like you needed comfort. And I was like, I'm sure I do, but you can't touch me. Right. And that saying that out loud was such a moment because it's the one thing I needed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the thing. And the only person I could get touch from was my husband. And now he was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you so, allowed yourself to, to be hugged by somebody else, then you'd be out of quarantine. And then you'd have to wait two weeks to go back to see your husband. Or not be able to see him at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were getting um, tested twice a week at one point just to keep him in treatment. And um, yeah, the list goes on and on and on and on of the weird things that we did. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow in the middle of that, I created a company and I was still networking and showing up and like makeup and doing all these speaking events all over the, all over the world during the summer. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a client, a new client that just came on um, 
I want to say like six weeks ago. And she was like, I've, I, it was insane to me. I've watched you this whole last year, especially through the summer. And I had no idea what you were going through at home because I thought he was home. I thought everything was okay. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You would have never known you were going through all these crisis moments. And I was like, oh yeah, I did it like a big girl. I cried in the shower. I washed my face. I put my makeup on. I got on camera. Yeah. Like I knew that I had a mission and a plan. And the mission was to get it so that we were financially stable enough so that Derek could just spend time healing. Yes. I didn't, I, he, he will never go back to work. Mm-hmm. I will, he is retired. He is, his only job is to enjoy his life and to heal his body. Right. Everything else is fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a mission in my brain and I feel like sometimes you get lucky to have a driving point in your soul that's so strong nothing will deter you from that moment and that's what these last few months have been for me is just I was not stopping there was no quit yeah you didn't have another option this was going to work no matter what so you made it work yeah it was either this or we were moving back home with my mom and dad like that was it those were the two plans Thank you so much for sharing your story and, and what a triumph. You have just been so strong and I'm so glad that we got to spend time today. Thank you. I, thank you for letting me. Yeah, I, 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 it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to um, get in touch with Bernadette, you can follow her on Instagram at bernadettepanier.co. You could also schedule a discovery call directly through Calendly. And um, so hers is calendly.com, Bernadette Panier, C-H-O slash discovery hyphen call. And then she's got a Facebook group. So you can find her there. And her Facebook group is SM Maven, which is, think, social media maven. So that's super easy to find her. Um, Thank you as well to all of our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. I specialize in financial education, life insurance with living benefits, and guaranteed lifetime income. You can contact me to find out what else I'm up to through my website, CamilleDiaz.com, or follow me on social media at Cam Unfiltered. Be sure to follow Money Heart at Money Heart Show and on our website, MoneyHeartShow.com. Bernadette, would you like to share today's money mantra? Absolutely. It's genuinely one of my favorites and it's luck is not a business plan. I love that because it's so true. It is so true. I heard it on an Anthony Bourdain show years ago um, and it is tattooed on a, on a place on my body in which is not safe for work to show. So um, I will not show you where it's tattooed, but um, luck is not a business plan. And it is just, it is so true. It is so true because people who look at other people and say, oh, they're so lucky that they are like that. There's so much work behind it. Oh yeah. No one's lucky. There's always work behind it. Yes. Yes. And we, we forget that we see the result and we think, oh, they were just lucky. Oh, they were just right place, right time. Nope. They worked for that. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you. That's awesome.